This is Kentucky Thrones Radio, and for the first time in two whole years, we got a new show to talk about. A brand new episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, I am Nick Roush. He is TJ Walker. And today we're going to be talking about the first episode of the final season of the hit HBO show. The best show ever, without a doubt, Game of Thrones. TJ, feel, it feels nice to have some, some new uh, hashtag content. Oh, it's great. Last night was the thing of dreams. I could not stop smiling, grinning from ear to ear as if I had personally accomplished anything at all just by being able to survive the way. You did it. And really, it felt like I did it. We and, crossed the finish line. And, and like I was looking, we had a few people over, and I was looking at some people that were over at the house. You stood me up, which hurts, uh, which obviously hurt my feelings. <laughs> but I'm like looking around, and everybody was kind of smiling towards the start of the show. And I think it was just like, regardless of what happens over the next six episodes, really, whatever, regardless of whatever was going to happen over the next hour, it's like this. You're just not going to top this. You're no, not going to top no. the. The suspense of not knowing where things are going to go and the drama that comes with it, the sex that goes with it, yeah. the violence that goes with it, the yeah. mystery that goes with it. It's an amazing show. It probably will not be duplicated uh, in terms of this sense, and I was just happy to have it back. And I just so happened, and I've been tough on Game of Thrones episodes. It's not yeah. like I'm just a butt slapper where they could throw out anything. Uh, I think overall season seven was kind of sloppy. If we, I enjoyed if, it in the moment, yeah. but it was kind of sloppy. And maybe maybe once I go back and watch this one again, I'll have a change of heart. But in terms of being a season opener and the expectations of nearly a two-year hiatus, I really enjoyed it. I thought mm-hmm. it was a good episode. Uh, I thought it was a really important episode. And I'm sure we'll talk about this, but I don't really understand the people saying like, meh. Yeah, it was okay. Just not enough happened for me. Are you yeah. kidding me? That's that's that many people are haters, but you know what? We're not. We're lovers. We're butt slappers some of the times, not all the times. And for those who are new to the show, um, essentially we're just going to kind of break down what happened and kind of what's going to happen moving forward. Um, and today we're happy to be brought to you by the show's first ever sponsor, TJ. Whoa, big leagues, baby. Brownfield. Defer. We're selling out. Is a law firm based out of Louisville, Kentucky that specializes in personal injury cases. If you or a loved one has been injured, like a car accident, I don't know, slip and fall, any kind of accident like that, you can call Brownfield Defer. That's D U F O U R. At 502 458 5222. They handle all types of cases throughout Kentucky and Indiana. The attorneys at Brownfield Defer, they love Game of Thrones. They watch. The show, they listen to the podcast. Obviously, they're attorneys you can trust. They're downtown just in Louisville at West Main Street. You can visit them online at bdlawky.com. Uh, that's brand, B is in brand, D is in Daenerys, law.com. Uh, I, hell, I got the name on bdlawky.com. Brownfield Defer Law. Visit them. Thanks to those guys for sponsoring the show. You can give them a call to 502-458-5222. And for a nominal fee, you can have Nick Roush completely mess up your company's saying and website just by was, reaching out to him on was, Twitter. I, I forgot the KY, okay? But they can help you in Kentucky and southern Indiana and uh, just right down there on Main Street, right in the Sounds heart of downtown good. Louisville. A big thanks to Brownfield Defer Law. Now, as for the show. TJ, I did think that you came in pr- with that was a pretty big take of yours to say that be- better than any episode last season, and I kind of want to disagree 
because there was some crazy stuff that went down last year. And I know that some were saying it was a little light on the action, but I, I think all in all, it was a very solid start. Um, for all the haters who said, ooh, not enough happened, the thing is, is we know things, the audience knows things, but that doesn't mean the characters know them. So, like, you have to have those moments where there's a reunion with Arya and the Hound. Oh, we've got to know that the walls come and tumbling down. Um, well, we saw that, the other one, but they, they had that relay to them, although, like... Like nobody really seemed surprised when Brand said that. Yeah, they were like, Everybody's "Oh, like, yeah, yeah." They, of course. But I, I mean, I, when you've been proclaiming this great war for years, and you probably figured at some point they're going to have to get through, and it's not going to be by digging a hole. Yeah, you know. So it was pretty nonchalant. And, and I, the the dragon part too. You would think that there would be more of a reaction to that, yeah. even if you like had a feeling that may happen, just to know that like, oh my, in, my, in Daenerys' Daener- case, yeah. my son is back alive as a zombie thing now it's going to try to kill me this is uh, weird okay i'll yeah. just make a normal face and not act <laughs> like i'm like you know shocked by this and then and then on the flip side overly emotional oh samuel poor guy you find out that your abusive father is dead and you're gonna act like a huge little baby about yeah. the whole thing yeah i knew you would love that scene no in all seriousness in the samuel scene and we're gonna touch on all this but on the samuel scene i i I could relate like he didn't him and his father obviously hated each other, but it was still every member of his family. Uh, <laughs> Sorry that, to cut you off, but so TJ is one for theatrics. If you all, uh, you all just know him from afar through podcasting, but when he goes all in on something, it's all in, uh, especially when it comes to decorations and the like. Um, and for last night's game of Thrones party, there's quite a few theatrics. We've got a table that's full with candles that spelled out game of Thrones. There's banners hanging everywhere and there's smoke machines. And, one of which just started smoking. Yeah, it, it, I, I plugged since again, Nick. I, I need to make that very clear that he did, in fact, stand I, me I up s- on my party I stood yesterday. Up TJ. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I went all out for it. And, and uh, anybody that knows me, I go all out for Halloween. So <laughs> I went in the basement, found a few of my Halloween decorations, put them up there. Tell them about the Dracarys. Oh, thing. that one's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it says say Dracarys, then push this button, and when you do, the from upstairs, you see smoke pouring out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so it looks like kind of like a dragon is, is, is above you. And it's coming neat. up top. And yeah. I made a I made a Baratheon sign. Yeah, yeah, a Baratheon. You had a a, a very well done Targaryen three headed <laughs> dragon. <laughs> you know, hey, you actually <laughs> want to uh, touch on something? How hard it is to draw oh. the sigils of these houses, and it's, the Targaryen is by far and away the hardest. Yeah. I, so one year I tried to carve a pumpkin out of that. Oh, good night. Yeah, terrible idea. Yeah. The, now the dire wolf head that. One was actually kind of easy. My dire wolf up there, I thought I did an all yeah, right. Yeah, no, it was on. pretty good. There was also, uh, <laughs> I can't see it from here, uh, the Shireen banner. Yeah, what does it say? I, it, I don't know who did that. That must have been graffiti. I had just a Baratheon <laughs> sign that said Stannis is still the manis, and uh, and then I wrote on it that Gendry is cool, I guess. Like, we're all right with Gendry. <laughs> I did the, the stag sigil, which wasn't fantastic, but better than the dragon one. And I guess somebody went up there and graffitied it and wrote, Shireen deserved it. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. Definitely wasn't me. Doesn't seem like my cup of tea. Um, 
you know, it is what it is. But, oh, yeah, we had a good time. Uh, I, you know, I think the biggest concern with people not wanting to wa- do Game of Thrones watch parties is you don't want to be around other people. Mm-hmm. We had a good balance. And I actually think the dramatics of the gasps and the awes and the, oh, mm-hmm. I, I think that it almost was like movie theater-esque where that's why people go to movie theaters is one to see it as quickly as possible. But some people like to have, oh, something scary happens. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody screams right. at once. And a kind of a scary moment in that episode. We're kind of so, jumping around. Yeah, we are jumping we're around. We're getting all our feet I wet. think the biggest – it was the most talking I've ever had while watching an episode with others because there were so many moments of levity. Like, pretty much – I think Bran is now just, like, comic relief. Like, something's happened. Let's go look at Bran face. And he's just deadpan, just, like, staring at you. Like, there were a lot of funny moments, uh, starting with Tyrion making uh, eunuch jokes. He's like, well – you don't like people making dwarf jokes. He goes, yeah, well, I have balls. So you don't. I'm going to keep making them. Um, did you like the – did the show open? We've been used to the same kind of bouncing around all over the place. Now it's just bouncing to two places. We've got the wall torn down, uh, well, a big old hole through it. They quickly go past the umbers, and then it's all Winterfell and King's Landing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the new intro, which – do, do are we ready to start like breaking down yeah, yeah. the episode? Yeah, let's just go go right in. So, the intro is where the White Walkers are going to go, right? I think so. I think that's the clear path. Now, granted, some of it I think was just also like a, uh, hey, we we have to show something for two minutes. You know, we're kind of running out of stuff here. You just can't bounce back and forth. There's yeah, there's some truth to that. Um, but like you know, it showed uh, what Hearth Home. And well, it shows the wall, and then Hearth Home, and then Winterfell, mm-hmm. and then the banquet room at Winterfell, mm-hmm. and then the crypts, the crypts yeah. and then it eventually crypts makes are going to be big down to oh yeah, crypts yeah. are going to be absolutely huge. Yeah, going to be huge. Uh, the, the big year is, for crypts. What what is what's going to be huge about it? And you know, like the theories, and I didn't really kind of buy into it until. Like they are the tray, like the trailer, the little promo of them being in the crypts, mm-hmm. and then the intro yesterday. Why is it called Winterfell? Is this where the first great night, the long night, the long mm-hmm. winter, is this where that the end of the war happened? Where that's why winter they, falls? Yeah. Is that why they put Winterfell where it is? We hear about like the hot springs down there all the time. But like, why is this this basically the seat capital of the North been in this spot? Mm-hmm. A lot of people think the Crips are going to have something to do with it. I didn't really buy into that notion. I didn't dismiss it either. I was just like, probably not important. It's Winterfell. Every place has a name for whatever reason. The fact that they keep going to the Crips, something's down there. Something big is down there. And something that could impact who wins the war is probably something in the Crips of Winterfell. And as we'll discuss later, something big already happened in the Crips of Winterfell. Right off the bat in episode one. Um, But did you think... Has there always been a dragon on that sword at the beginning? You notice it looked like there was a like a dragon breathing fire at the very beginning. Are they just now showing us, or, or not the sword, but the thing that like wraps around? Uh, well, like the one with the the stag and the lion and the dragon. Yeah, I guess I, I guess there's just more things you don't notice when you're paying attention to everything. Yeah, like on a microcosmic level. And, yeah, we only and, know we've got so much of it. Yeah, and so we were definitely doing that last night. Um. But cut to King's Landing. Uh, did you like the, sh- the way the show opened, TJ? Because I'm not going to lie. For a moment, I thought that I thought that was like a flashback to Ned or like Bran pre-Broken Legs. Yeah, I wasn't exactly sure what was going on. 
uh, at first there. And then it, it just, I think it was just a callback to like, hey, this is another child that mm-hmm. wants to see uh, again you know when it's it kind was, of like the first episode yeah, right when they're was, waiting for the when it was robert baratheon's army coming into winterfell this is a different army the biggest army in the entire world is making their way into winterfell and it was like you got to put yourself back into a time that didn't even exist to begin with but like assuming this is kind of the medieval time yeah. middle ages whatever whatever have you like this would be the biggest thing ever. people would ever see in their lives, mm-hmm. seeing like the great army come, the queen and the king walking right past them. So there's a parade out there to see everybody, but there there's mixed feelings. Yeah, it's like we don't really know exactly what's going on. All we know is what we've heard. Uh, there's the Targaryen girl. You burned Ned's brother and dad at the stake. Like yeah. two huge members of House Stark. You killed them. I don't know how we feel about you. Uh, of course, Jamie Lannister wasn't with them in their initial parade, but eventually people are going to see him and be like, wait, well, no, this yeah. is your Lannister. And they did see Tyrion Lannister, who they've heard everything about uh, being a dwarf and whatnot. And then you have the dragons eventually flying over. So right. it's this big parade, and then the Dorthraki and whatnot. People are just unsure exactly how to feel about it, and you get that sense people don't look overly trustworthy. And they make that such a big point about like the northerners aren't you know you got to remember this remembers, you gotta yeah. This. yeah so it, uh, i liked it it was fine it kind of annoyed me though how much tension they're putting into it though like all right we get it there needs to be they can't just be all open arms with each other just because daenerys is hot like we get it but still like there's a certain point where you could be like hey we're going to die if we don't have these people around i choose living over dying so, hey, thanks for coming. Oh, that dragon, that is cool. Like, yes, if I saw a massive dragon for the first time, it might freak me out a little bit. But, like, at the same time, aren't they kind of expecting it? Like, are they or are just northerners that dumb? Well, I, my understanding would be that, like, you can expect, and I think Daenerys and John say as much, and Tyrion says as much, whoever it is, when they're like, I would say you get used to it, but you never do. When John falls to the ground, yeah, the dragon right, right. goes right over him. So there's probably some sense of, like, yeah, you're expecting it, but until you see a mm-hmm. you know six ton reptile flying above you, uh, you got to kind of see it. To, you know who wasn't in that parade? Who's that? Ghost. Where the hell is Ghost? Yeah. So like, I mean, the the truth is, it's just supposedly incredibly difficult for them to do a CGI dog. But here's the thing, TJ. Like, you got to at least like because was the last time we saw him the lead into the Battle of the Bastards? I think he was like hanging out with Davos. Mm, I don't know if he was in Battle of the Bastards. I mean, Maybe I can't even remember. But, like, if you don't you don't need to have him, like, going out and murdering people. But it would be nice to know that he's still alive. Like, you want to talk about callbacks, episode one. Like, kind of a big deal. Yeah. Well, you didn't you didn't get any ghosts, unfortunately. <sighs> um, I want ghosts. He'll be around he uh, another time. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. Um. Oh, we got Nymeria. That was the last dire wolf I think we got. Was we did when, get Nymeria. When I already saw her. Yeah. Um. But back to the, the action at Winterfell. Um, they're uh, Action. Sansa Action. and Daenerys not getting along. It's actually kind of making your girl look bad. Make Sansa look bad? I think they're trying to. This is like that's such a dumb take. No offense. No, they're they're I, trying I, to I make mean, no Sansa is going to be stupid. the thorn and this is so, their side the entire a, time. Stu- like people with half a brain can figure out what Sansa is doing here. She's trying to protect her people. She doesn't know who Daenerys is. Daenerys came into her home. She was respectful and courteous, but, like, you all don't know the dynamics that Sansa's having to deal with. And a great one 
that like if we really wanted to break down the nitty gritty of this show and probably tear Game of Thrones apart, yeah. Sansa's right. How in the hell are you feeding all these people? <laughs> like all we heard about is like there's hardly maybe enough for Winterfell to decide, and yeah. now you're making that basically like the sanctuary city of the North where everybody can come in. Ooh, and, and all, all, yeah, all the <laughs> that's talking politics, and um, with all the armies of the North. All the civilians of the North, sure, people are going to be bringing their own food and whatnot, but uh, not overly realistic for how everybody's going to get fed. But it's a it's a good point on on Sansa's part. She's looking out for her people. Okay. God forbid she's looking out for her people. So when she only is being a, a small little bratty girl in the first few seasons, well, she's just a jerk, and she's selfish, and she's snobby. Well, now she's selfish, but with the intent of – all the Northerners mm-hmm. who are really kind of getting glossed over in this entire thing. And I get like Northerners have had a rough go in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Just if you're going by like a geography standpoint, yeah. they've had different rulers, different leaders, people that they have sworn fealty to. It's a bunch, they got a bunch of kids running the show because they all got murdered. Yeah, boy, yeah. you know, so it's like kind of the leftover bunch there. Oh, wait, and then she's looking out kid. for him. Why is that? Why is what did she want? What do you want her to do? She doesn't know who Daenerys is. She knows that Daenerys, Daenerys's parents killed her. Well, grandpa, grandpa and grandpa pop and uncle that mm-hmm. she never got to met. So God forbid she's not just been in, and also well, but, she doesn't want to have sex with the nair. So she's not, <laughs> she, she, well, I mean, although <laughs> if they wanted to, but in all seriousness, yeah. she's not going to like, she's not, her ankles and knees aren't going to shake when she sees that sexy bod roll up. She's going to be like, all right, you're cool. Uh, but I'm still going to look out for number one here, which is my people. I just, there's the whole I get not being trustworthy if I'm Sansa Stark. You've been, you know, bullied around the block quite a few times, so you're going to be naturally leery of people. But, like, John couldn't just be like, yeah, Sansa, I didn't want to not be king anymore. Like, I was being bullheaded for weeks about it. Like, there was, like, two or three episodes where John's at Dragonstone, like, reluctantly not pledging his allegiance. So, like, it the lack of trust between her and John is going to be something? I don't think there's a lack of trust there. I think it's just a uh, different stubbornness in different ways of who they're trying to protect first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, they definitely do want to truly protect the same thing. They don't both know that, though. Mm -hmm. They don't both know... Like, they both think it, obviously, Mm -hmm. because they're still close with one another and working with one another. But I don't think they both know... 100% 100% certainty that both of their intentions are in the right place. Sansa is understand, and you get more of this, by the way, uh, throughout the show, but Sansa's worried that John just wants to screw her, and that's all, and, and, and that's what he ends I mean, up doing. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so, you know, good for him. But he, he doesn't know that, like, mm-hmm. that he, that she is, that he is falling in love with her is not just because he wants some ass, but instead because it's an alliance that could save the world. Yeah. She's just looking out for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't think she's the smartest person that Arya's ever met, though. I, I don't think that. Like, ooh, you you had Littlefinger in the Knights of the Vale. Like, that was a good move, Sansa. And I get you, but come on, smartest person in the world. Now, she was wise to call it Tyrion. She's like, really, Tyrion? Like, you really think that Cersei's going to send her armies north? Like, how naive are you? Come on. Didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday, did you? Classic. That would have been great if they would have used that gag. But like I said, they had a couple of good gags in the show. Um, Before we go back to King's Landing, we got our magic dragon ride. 
Yeah. It happened. I can show you the north. Shining, frozen, and... Uh, White. <laughs> uh, that was very cheesy, but I get it. Yeah. I get it. Well, it was. I, I think it was good that they didn't... Like, going into this, we were all like, well, John's got to ride a dragon, right? And they were just like, yep, we're just going to get on with it. And I, and I was fine with how that developed, too. Like, people mm-hmm. were like, the dragon wouldn't trust him that early. Well, it's like, eh, you know, by the story mode, it okay. should probably trust yeah. him. And it, and it shows that, you're right, Nick, that John's going to ride a dragon, and let's just get it out of the way mm-hmm. and get it over with. Uh, I do think they did a decent job. Like, the ride was, like, magical. But, one, they had to show everybody in Winterfell that John was on a dragon. Yeah, yeah, Got it. very cool. And uh, there's, there's He's on Rhaegal. He's on his Pop Pops there, there's, um, <laughs> dragon. There, there's, some other, uh, there's some other points to this. I don't know how deep. We, we want to necessarily get into it as my dog's messing with the podcasting equipment. Yep. Just calm down, Abe. Yeah, uh, but he uh, – and, th- and it shows kind of just how vast the north is. You mm-hmm. don't know exactly where they're going, but it kind of just shows like, hey, this is a reminder maybe to John of what he's defending, how, how huge it is, mm-hmm. and if they can't get their shit together, all of it's going to go to the dead. Like, and it'll that- all be – snow forever and they'll all be dead people well and i think it's also like a lot of this season is going to be action but i think they wanted to firmly cement that hey this is kind of a love story now i was disappointed that they didn't show the cave behind the waterfall because there was definitely a cave there john knows where all the caves are whenever he's got to find some alone time with his lady he's getting to the cave yeah why like that you know so that's his thing yeah he's, he's just a caveman big caveman like some people are boobs, some are asses. He's cave. Cave <laughs> doesn't matter. We got to find. Give, give me, give me a cave. And that again, it was cheesy, but like it, it also did show. This isn't just a fling. Like these two yeah. love each other for as corny and cheesy as it is. And, they at least have made that clear. That right, right. It's it's a let's go get lost in a cave sort of love. Yeah. Ooh, a thousand years they wouldn't know. They really are doing like a ton of callbacks. I, I mean, I, and I think that's probably going to be the norm this season. It's just going to be callback after callback after mm-hmm. callback. Uh, we'll get to this, but even the scariest scene of this episode was a huge callback mm-hmm. to the first episode. So yep. uh, a, a lot of going on there, and obviously the cave one was very simple and cute and whatnot. Yep. Uh, ooh, speaking of uh, caves, Cersei and Euron. Yeah. He found her cave. Man, Euron is great addition to I the show. I can't believe she let him smash on the first date. I can't. She had not really she had, second date maybe. Yeah, she kind of hadn't had any in a while. But um, <laughs> you don't know that. I'm sure, there's some other Lannisters running around there. <laughs> yeah, got to be a Lannister yeah, though. You sure do. Got to be a Lannister. Um, but the Euron. First off, I would just like to say that I'm happy that uh, I, if I was the Strickland guy, if I was Captain Strickland, best gig ever. You just show up for the last season of the greatest show of all time and play a minor role. Like that's a great gig. Um, he's not going to have to say much. And for all of those who, th- there is some backstory to uh, Strickland's. Basically, the Golden Company, they are losers from a Targaryen civil war. So, uh, Black... Yeah, there's more that goes into that, but for just... That's the simple, there yeah. was uh, a king who on his deathbed legitimized all of his bastards. And so they fought out for the throne. It was called the Blackfire Rebellion. And as a result, you get the Golden Company who they're, they've just been running around warring over in Essos, getting paid buku bucks to go to war. 
uh, and now they're going to do the same. Now, I think the biggest, uh, I don't know if the right word is downside. or The only real negative is that I thought we were going to get some elephants. They promised us some elephants. They were going to bring some elephants. Cersei, not happy that there wasn't any elephants. And frankly, I can't blame her. Like, If you're going to have be fighting dragons, you should have some elephants. You should have them wooded up in armor. But um, I think it is reasonable to say that uh, elephants wouldn't handle uh, riding on a boat for that long. I mean, can you imagine the amount of poop that would be on a boat for like an entire trip? It's the poop again. Seriously, though. Yeah, I, yeah like Game in, of Thrones does this a lot, but it's like they will take a popular theory that everybody's been talking about or a joke people have been talking about, and they'll mention it on the show. Mm-hmm. And this one was like, all we hear about the Golden Company is that there's elephants. That's all we hear about in the books. And they're like, no, no elephants. No, we're not, we're not going to take the time to do elephants. Sorry, guys. Yeah, well, and also, um, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I'm not, I don't have a degree in buoyancy, but I'm pretty sure elephants are too heavy for boats. Well, not Sink. not. I mean, not all boats because you can make boats uh, stronger, bigger. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe, or they could turn into submarines. They sink lower, periscope down. I didn't really care that they didn't have elephants. I don't either. I, I mean, I had CGI budget. If you can't have a dog, then surely you're not going to be able to have an elephant. And if if John and uh, like Daenerys could be a fly on the wall in King's Landing when that was going down, they'd probably be like, good. We don't need dead elephants in the well, in the Night King's yeah, army. That's, like, that's true. So yeah. you know, we already got giants. Ooh, giants, too big for elephants. Ooh, or no, giants riding elephants in the books. That's what. Um, no, they ride woolly mammoths. Woolly mammoths. Oh, yeah. Damn. Close. Um, I guess it probably still they could. They'd probably be slightly too big for elephants. Mm-hmm. Their feet would work. be touching the ground. Oh, so it's almost like a, one of those kick bikes. But woolly mammoths are bigger. Everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Common uh, sense. Um, so Euron, he decides that he's going. Ooh, they also mentioned people forget that he his his ship is run by mutes. Yeah, they did mention that in the show. Yeah, um, it was very brief, and if you weren't paying attention, when he was like, talking to, you didn't think it was important. But that's that scene was pretty dumb too. Uh, I, you know, I like this episode, but that scene was kind of stupid. Because talking to Yara. Well, I, I liked. I thought Euron was good in in this episode, where mm-hmm. I've really almost hated when he's been on camera any other time. But like, and he was still, you know, arrogant and whatnot. But there's a little bit more development with who he is as a character, slightly. I mean, little, like minuscule. But so I was all right with that. But I, my issue was we hear about how great he is, and he lets everybody know that he is like the best in the world. And uh, you know, he's got a huge navy fleet, so there's probably some truth to it. Oh, well, Navy and fleet. Then, Is that what you're calling it nowadays? What, a Navy fleet? His fleet? His oh, Navy? the boats. I thought you were talking about something else. Go on. That was horrible, if that was a joke. It was trying to be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then he leaves his one ship unguarded? Well, not completely unguarded. But where the hell were all the other boats? Okay, so here, here's the good news, TJ. We don't have to deal with a big, like, Theon, He, I guess he got his redemption already. Or he's at least close to it. Did you notice the one little Easter egg from it? What was that? That Mac from Sonny was one of the dudes who got shot on the boat. I, I did not. Yes, that. he had an arrow through the eye. Uh, Rob McElrainy? I can't remember. That's a, pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, so he made a nice little cameo last night. Oh, good. I'll have to go back. He, uh, he Instagrammed a picture of it, and it was like, I'm happy to see you or something like that. And he's got like an arrow through his eye. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we see like thousands of boats out in, in Blackwater Bay. 
and wait, now there's only one. <laughs> and there's or or all the boats were there, but nobody notices like a little canoe of twelve people go up and, and hijack yeah. that boat. And I get it, I get it. They're mute, so like they wouldn't be able to scream and yell once they were on the boat. Mm-hmm. But how do how do they get? How do we get to that point to yeah. to begin with? And then Yara gives them a nice Theon a nice little headbutt when they are yeah. reunited. That was another uh, re. Unifying scene. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a many. brief one. Um, I'm curious. So, <laughs> all right, for the point where she's like, "All right, well, you're going north," but like they're both on the same boat. It's like, well, so is he? How how are y'all doing this little transition here? But he's going to go back to Winterfell to fight, um, while she is going to go back to Pike, because as she said, every a it's unmanned right now. We could take it back, and Daenerys is going to need somewhere to retreat to if they lose. So, do we think that? retreat back to Pike is an option. No. No? Okay. I figured at least throw it out. Because uh, it opened the door of possibilities. I did like that. Like, it was something that I had never really thought of. Like, <coughs> oh, wait, this alliance with Yara, yeah, you'll get boats and you'll get a sea, like a Navy sea line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, probably a good idea because it probably if they're fleeing Winterfell and they need to get to an island, it would be their fastest and best bet. Uh, so, I mean, maybe go to White Harbor and... Then hop on down to Dragonstone, but I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that's an island too, right? Yeah, but I would think that going west be quicker. to yeah to the Iron Islands would be quicker because Winterfell is more west. I think it's west. West Andes? Yes. Yeah. Spongebob yeah. callback. Well, anywho, it was yes. something I hadn't thought of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I doubt they take her up right, on that right. just because how much time do we have in this episode or in this season. Uh, five left. That's, That's it. So depressing. That's all we got, buddy. But, yeah, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And Theon's going to go north and do whatever he's going to do. Speaking of callbacks, we get Bronn. Uh, so it's kind of funny when the, the thing shows up at the beginning, like, nudity, language, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, ooh, who's going to be naked? And, and the crowd it's, goes wild. And it's Bronn with a couple. Casual foursome. Yeah, casual foursome where they're just not talking about if the I've doing it part. I've seen it once. I've seen it a thousand times. <laughs> and then, again, there continues to be no lock in any brothel <laughs> in the history of Game of Thrones. You would think that that would be like the one place where you would really want to have locks on doors. John and Daenerys' boat sex was the only time a door hasn't been opened when people are boning. <laughs> um, so Kyburn bursts in and is like, all right, we need you to go. I, I kind of forgot Bron that. do any bursting. Yeah, exactly. I kind of forgot that Bronn was still on the Lannister side, but, you know, they pay well. Um, and I think he's in like the I don't want to do shit side, and finally, like things in King's Landing are kind of quiet. Uh, I'm just gonna hang out here and again have my normal foursomes. My, yep. You know, like grandpas have like their little <laughs> weekly Tuesday golf outing Ooh, or like, shuffleboard. Like their afternoon. Six, yeah, yeah. Like their six thirty golf outings on every Tuesday. Same group. Nine holes. Getting yeah. And this was about three holes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Kyburn, the plan from Cersei is hey. We want you to go kill the brothers. Take them out. I know you were buddies with them, but we want you to take them down. And not only are you going to take them out, but you're going to use the crossbow that Tyrion... I believe Jamie gave it to um, Joffrey, and Tyrion used it to murder Tywin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, again, I'm like, I'm pointing out scenes that I didn't like. This is one of them because... It's got to be there's this got to be a double cross situation. Double cross with the with the crossbow. Cersei's not dumb enough to think that Bronn's going to turn on both 
Jamie and Tyrion. Like, yeah, he likes them both. He likes them both, and you make all these promises of riches. Bronn has several times been like, I'm already owed a castle. I'm already owed this. I don't think – Right. And, 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 and they try to diffuse that by Kyburn being like, I was a reject of the Citadel, and now I'm the most powerful maester in the world, and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Uh, I get all that. Bronn isn't a dummy, though. And he's not going to be like, well, if I do this and, and Cersei wins the war, I'm going to get the biggest castle in the world. He's content with what he's got. He's not dumb. And that's why this has to be a double-cross situation where, like, Cersei knows he's going to go there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. That thing whole, that, whole, that whole thing doesn't make sense to me. There's 0% chance that Bronn kills Tyrion or Jaime. Yeah. I'm There's with you on that. just yeah. no it's chance just... that's going to happen. Especially when you're right, like we know Bronn's motive, his motives are ultimately just getting rich or whatever. But like, there's also a, hey, those are the only two guys he's really hung out with throughout this entire show. Why would he go kill them now? Just it smells funny, and I and it's not just because I had farted over here. Oh, classic, uh, classic Nick Roush. Yeah, classic guy. Uh, um, so yeah, I, I'm with you though. I'm not, I'm not buying it, but I don't know what her motivation would be. Like. Does she really and, have a? And another idiotic part of this is like, all right, you want me to get Daenerys while I'm at it? Get all three of them with a crossbow. Yeah, which is also kind of hilarious because it's not like he's like he's not a crossbow guy. Yeah, Tyrion's either. gonna be like, oh, that's weird. That's Joffrey's crossbow. Yeah, I thought I would carry it around. Now I killed my dad <laughs> with that. Yep, definitely not using this for any sort of weird revenge. Yeah, and the fact that Cersei, like the fact that they had to add the part, like she likes poetic justice, so she likes you know. Things since to, when? Like uh, I guess the, with the sands, she gave the one the daughter the poison. But yeah, like, but, uh, but again, Cersei's not dumb. She would just be like, "Hey, actually, go there, sneak, act like you're your friend, and then once you're get them alone for one second, stab slit their throat. Yeah. Like I don't give a shit how you do it. Just get it done and kill them. Right. And then the fact that he's like, "All right, so you want me to get the dragon queen too?" And he's like, "No, no, no, no. She has no. other plans for her. First off, it is interesting what those other plans are. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't come as a surprise. She doesn't just. She thinks." Something's going to happen. Right. But there's Braun killing maybe the three biggest, not enemies, but three biggest people in Cersei's life, Tyrion, Jaime, and the Dragon Queen. You want him to kill two of them, but the third one, like, no, 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 we're good. Yeah. Could maybe end the war if you do it, uh, but no, we're good. We'll take care of that on our own time. And it's just kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so – that's kind of where things sit in King's Landing. I think I think we covered all of our bases there, right, TJ? I think we covered them all there. Uh, the Golden Company. One point I want to add about them. Nope. Nope. Oh, I mean, lunch while we're doing this. this timing has been tough today, but here we are. We made it. Um, the Golden Company, all we ever hear about is they don't – they've never broken a contract. Yeah. Why, you know, why is that Why is that getting hit home so often? They've Clearly, they're the breaking horse. a contract. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the question will be, will they break the contract? Who's the contract with? Cersei or with the Iron or Throne? Does, do, no, or does Euron think that the contract is with him since he is the one who delivered the money and brought them over? Huh? Could it be with them? Could Euron and Cersei have a falling out? Could it be just strictly with Cersei and they eventually just say, "Ah, eh, screw it, we still have Targaryen blood" or something along those lines? I don't know. But they clear like this isn't going to end well for Cersei and her contract with the Golden Company. No, no. Otherwise, they're not going to hit home that they've never broken a right. contract. Clearly, they're going to break a contract. Ooh, we got two baby references with Cersei. Uh, Tyrion kind of alluded to she has a reason to live, 
And then Euron said he's going to put a baby in her and starts rubbing the belly. That was kind of – And uh, this did a good job of kind of clearing up, like, whose baby it was. I thought it was pretty clear it was Jamie's, but a lot of people thought, like, when Euron was back the first time that they, that they could have because he talked about fingers and butts and all that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, Clearly Jamie's baby, yeah. although now she will be able to potentially disguise it as she did with Joffrey mm-hmm. and as she did uh, with her other two kids. This could make Euron think this is her baby, but um, it will be Jamie's. Mm, definitely, definitely. Um, back to Winterfell, eh? Let's go back there. Um, Arya and Gendry, you, you nailed it. They're definitely doing it. It's happening. Yeah, um, I got that one right. Yeah, um, that's... That was a nice little interaction. I think the, the robber, the the Rob, the Rob Baratheon to Ned Stark. I've got a son. You've got a daughter. We'll unite our families. Uh, in classic Game of Thrones fashion. Yes, but not the way you think. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They've turned it around. Um, the Hound even gives when he first they, he gives a nice little like, oh well, good to see you. The, the mutual respect is still there. Um, even though I I did forget that. Are you almost died? And he was like, "Yeah, you left me for dead." And he's like, "Yeah, well, I robbed you first. That was nice like their, old bar. That was like their little like I love you to one another. Exactly. The, the, oh, that's definitely the, the. I did want them to hug. Dad, who's never I could feel it. I wanted a hug. Like he's never told his son that he's proud of him, and then yeah. he wins the state championship game, and he, he he's like, "You don't even need to say it, Pop. I know." That I was, was that like, moment. Well, you missed that throw on third and six, like with like a little wink, like that. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna say I'm proud of you, but like this is my way of saying I'm proud of exactly, you. Exactly, exactly. Um, did you see? So she hands Gendry a sketch of what she wants, and it looks like if you took apart a spring-loaded pen, and you uh, did you ever do that back in the day in class? Where you take a pen oh, yeah. and then you just like launch it across the room. Oh, That's yeah. kind of what it looks like. Is that she's trying to launch dragon glass out of a spear of some sort? Kind of bizarre. Did you did you get any inkling of what that was? It looks like it's going to be. I, I so that's the thing I did like the most research on after the show. Normally, I like to. I, not that I don't want to see other opinions because once we're done podcasting, I'm going to go listen to some other stuff and do yeah. a lot of. But I like to. I like when I like to be kind of. We've got to be fresh. My initial fresh. Yes. That's why I wouldn't mind doing it the night of, just so I don't have like it clouded with other opinions. That was one thing that I couldn't just like leave it alone with my opinion because it was one it was dark and it was hard to see and mm-hmm. like you know they didn't give you a ton of a long look at exactly what it they was did just enough to make you go look for more and then i had to go research like all right what could this possibly be i i think it's something to kill a dragon or to kill somebody from afar obviously mm-hmm. uh and then if it's not that the only other thing i could think of is like the thing that at the House of uh, Black and White, you know, they're always like twirling sticks there. And oh, the, and the yeah. the Wave had one, and I guess Jack on her guard technically didn't. But, like, you know, this like doing doing shit with sticks was kind of important. There. Yes. Uh, so maybe that has something to do with it. But I think it's something to shoot a dragon or shoot a Night King from far away. My question would be, would how would Arya know that, like, she's going to need to kill somebody from something from a long distance? Bran would tell her. Yeah, but do you think they wouldn't make that clear to the audience? Yeah, that's true. Um, but it, it could be one of I those things. I guess she did that, know that like their dragon was brought back to life. That was made clear to everybody. Right, right. Uh, so maybe that maybe I'm answering my own question there. But yeah, and and also like now this is going to be three weapons for Arya. Yeah, I know. She's just going to have like a it, hey, Brand or uh, Gendry, while you're at it, can you make me a tank? <laughs> I need a tank. 
And uh, there's a thing called nukes. Yes. Like one of those. We need those. We need those. She did have a nice little. So I, I think of all of the reunions, um, the one with her and John was probably the sweetest. Um, just from a like, hey, you all were pals back in the day. And it's good to see you back. Uh, it was the closest thing to a tear felt reunion we got. But she also, aside from making the ludicrous statement that Sansa is the smartest person she knows, because Sansa, no, no, not that smart. I know you'd like to think so, TJ, but no. No, no, definitely not happy. Nobody's she, playing the game better, baby. She she made a line that was, don't don't forget that to John when they were talking about who's, uh, who's on your side. She said, we're all doing this for family. Don't forget that. Which, again, everybody. Oh, but you, nobody's going to call Arya a bitch, are they? No, because Arya's great. See, but Sansa, Sansa wants people to look out for family, and she comes off as snobby, and Arya does it, and oh, that's cute little what a rascal. Give her a little <laughs> noogie on the head. Uh, it's everybody just wants to make sure everybody's on the same page. Okay, they've been through a lot as a family. So that's basically their their teamwork makes the dream work. I think that was Arya's way of being like. Sansa's good. She's she's with the family. I think you're with the family. I think yeah. we're all in this together. Let's just keep everything in check. And she's probably the best of all to keep everybody together. Because she's more buddy-buddy with John, And even and though her and Sansa, Sansa seem to have gotten, made things work. They killed Littlefinger together, so they're both like yeah. pretty pleased with each best other. The best way to connect with your siblings is just murder. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, people forget that. Everybody knows that. Yes, yeah. everybody does know that. Um, all right, so... The biggest, I think the the best thing the episode did was how they revealed to John who he is. Because they did it in a way that, you know, you could have just had Bran stoically barking it out. Which now Bran, he's just getting cocky with his powers. He's just like sitting there. I'm so sick of Bran. He's just ready to tell everybody. And he's right there in that spot. Oh, I was just like waiting a, for you, Sam. Is there a rule where he just has to stare at people in the courtyard? <laughs> I saw somebody Photoshop. Um, a GoFundMe to build Bran a ramp <laughs> to get out of the courtyard because <laughs> he's just get chilling him in the, the hell courtyard. out of that courtyard. I mean, how many times in this imaginary show of ours is he staring at somebody when he doesn't have something to say? <laughs> like, just imagine like the poor like stable boy who's like that mother. F- he keeps staring at me. Why is he staring at Am me? Am I doing something wrong over <laughs> yeah. here? Am I stacking the hay incorrectly? And he always has to talk in so it's such a monotone way, uh, but. The, the reason I'm getting sick of Bran, I understand his role. I just know there is going to be a plot hole that is going to piss me off with Bran. No, because, they just and, missed and, something. And, and I'll yeah. tell you one right now. And maybe maybe there's something here because I, I, I think they allude to it a little bit. You know who, besides Cersei and Tyrion, you know who else knows what they talked about in that room? Bran. Bran. Yeah. So we all th- I think that Tyrion's going to betray Daenerys. Uh, I don't know how, but I think that that's been my guess since the start of the that. season. Yeah. Um, that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. If he's going to betray her, if I mean, he had chaos a conver- is a ladder, if, you know. Like if, if he had a conversation with Cersei about like, listen, we're going to win this war, and then I'm going to let you rule, but you need to help or you need to do that. Brand could just say, "Hey, what you said was Cersei. It seems like that's going to be a lie. Like she's lying to you." Or Daenerys, you should know that he's planning on doing this. Look, that's why the brand thing is starting to get on my nerves a little bit is because there's going to be a major plot hole. There probably already have been, and I've just missed them. But he should know everything. Mm-hmm. He should know He should know exactly where the Night King is at all times and be like, guys, we've got two days. Like, assuming they continue at their traveling pace, we've got a day. 
all right, we've got 12 hours. They're mm-hmm. coming right now. Um, I'm going to get – it's going to bother me. Well, and Don't know when it's going to happen. I, I'm glad that he isn't just omnipotent telling them everything all at once, but – because that would just make for a boring show. Like, he's just saying everything before it happens. But it's I think it's just kind of funny, you know, just where he's popping up and what he chooses to share. Um, but I think the he was at least wise enough to, to be like, Sam, you're the one who needs to tell John who his, who his dad is, who his mom is. And the way that they did it, A, doing it in the crypts, where I think Ned's kind of looking over him. But the way that... Yeah, the fun... Next time we see each other, I'll tell you about your mother. And then he finds out about his mom in front of him. Of course, it's a you know statue because right. he's got his head cut off. Mm-hmm. But because he's dead. Yes, Ned. Ned Robbins was dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way that Sam, he was like your your father. Ned Stark promised to protect you because he knew you'd die. Obviously, there's some good disbelief, but I really thought that Kit Harrington did, did an excellent job acting. Where there's like a a moment of disbelief, and you can kind of see it on his face when he's like, oh, shit. Like, that, whoa. Kinda, maybe it adds up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, well, How do you feel about, like, Sam in telling him, almost buries the lead being like, hey, your whole life has kind of been a lie, and instantly jumps to your king. Like, you, you have the claim. It's you. You're mm-hmm. the king. I wouldn't think Sam would care that much about that. More so just telling your friend, like, hey, your whole life – has been kind of a lie, and here's why. Uh, it, it was a little bizarre to me that he was so persistent to be like, "You're the ruler. You're the ruler. The You're seven the bloody kingdoms." Yeah, and I think I just don't was, think Sam would care about that. Well, I don't think anybody knowing that the dead army is coming would care about who's the. And that's one of the things that kind of pissed me off about Daenerys is when they're in the hall and Lady Mormont's grilling John about mm-hmm. like where it happened to your crown and stuff like that. And John's like, it doesn't matter. She doesn't step in Brand, and say, yeah, like, hey, it, it's no big deal. And that's why I like that quote from Samwell, like, hey, you gave up your crown to save your people. Yeah. Would she do the same? There actually is truth to that. And yeah. that probably should have been brought up in that hall where, or it should have been brought up at any point to Daenerys and been like, listen, you can be freaking queen. I don't give, I don't give a shit. If you really cared about your people, you wouldn't care so much about what your title is either. So Samuel's quote about that to John at the end was one of the most powerful things mm-hmm. that was said, in my opinion, because that is true. And it maybe leaves like a little inkling of doubt of like, does Daenerys actually care about her people, or does she care about just being having the title of being queen? Which is something that like has always been in the back of our mind as viewers. Are her intentions pure? In the, and they've she's done every like her actions make her altruistic, but but there's always like one little crack of like oh well she also was really brutal she didn't have to do that man exactly like is this breaker power- of chains yeah. uh, burning the slavers did she really just like burning the slavers a lot so they're still keeping that like very far off in the distance crack of Daenerys like mm-hmm. still somewhat alive but. If we want to play like real world, if the, if this was actually real, I couldn't imagine Daenerys caring right now. I couldn't imagine her caring. I couldn't imagine John caring. I couldn't imagine anybody in a position of power besides Cersei, obviously, giving a shit what their titles are versus let's just kill this army and then we'll settle everything. Can you just imagine like because if you're John, you're probably John loves to brood. So aside from how they're going to show it in episode two. If we're thinking what John would be doing, his reaction to the news, he would go to the heart tree and just brood for a while, and then he would go upstairs to uh, to his room. He he'd 
go to break Daenerys the news, and she's over there just taking her clothes. Like he he like walks in and she's just naked. Like hey, ready to come to bed, big boy? And he's like, so I kind of got to tell you something. Oh, it can wait. Uh, no, I don't, I don't, yeah. don't really think it can wait. You should probably know that I'm kind of your nephew. Um, yeah, yeah. So and I'm, I'm actually the king. king. Yeah. <laughs> And I get the sense that, like, none of this should even matter because they, they very clearly are in love with one another. Yeah, and like, I have a feeling that that will be the, like, initial reaction. But the thing is, is there's got to be some drama in the show. So there, oh, there, there, drama, there will yeah. be some kind of some strife at first. The question is, TJ, will they make it public at all? Or will he just be Jon Snow to Joe Schmo? So something's going to happen with the timing of the war, and I don't know if it's going or the battle at Winterfell. I, I could see it being like one of two things: they come to some term, being like, "Hey, we're going to tell everybody," and mm-hmm. then the battle starts, and they're not going to be able to tell it. You know, they won't get mm-hmm. around to it, or it'll be that. You know what? John actually should be king. Daenerys is kind of doing a revolution. We need to tell people that like maybe this isn't as firm and and strong as we had thought, okay, never mind. Here's the battle. We'll figure this out later. And then they'll flee and they'll have to figure out things. Like, I, I could see it going one of those two ways. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's going to be made public to, like, the town of uh, of, of Winterfell or Wintertown. Or mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to make this grand po- proclamation because I don't think they're going to have time to do I'm it. I'm now Aegon Targaryen the Six of his name, Master of the Royanar and the Ring of the First Men. What's Daenerys' reaction going to be? Um, It'll be... Like the thing, incest obviously, I don't think it's going to bother any of them, but I do think that there will be some like, not only shock and disbelief, but you you mentioned like, John's biggest reaction should be my whole life is a sham. I think Daenerys will have that when she's like, but I'm supposed to be the one who's in line for the queen, and there's somebody else. I think that dis, I think that part of her disbelief will kind of consume the way that she reacts. I, I agree, and I hope that we're both wrong, and I hope it's not that case, but, like, I I feel like she's going to be, like, petty about this. Like, she's not going to take this and shrod and be like, all right, well. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure this out. Maybe it is yours and whatever. She's losing a lot of assets, though. Like, as this goes on, mm-hmm. she – She's losing a dragon. Well, she already it? lost one dragon. Mm-hmm. Now John's riding another one. Yeah. Like, you know – would that dragon now be loyal to John or Daenerys? Ooh, he probably still lean towards Daenerys at this point, but like now the dragon, there's another rider. You're mm-hmm. not the only. There, now there's two other riders. Right. Uh, and then you look at like the dynamics in the north. Sansa ain't buying your bullshit because again, she doesn't want to screw you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've you've lost her a little bit. Samwell is uncertain about you. Like you know, he's got his his doubts about you. The northern houses hate you uh, just because of who you are and what your last name is. She's starting to lose a little bit of her grip. She'll always have the Unsullied, and she'll always have the Dothraki, and we thought she'd always have her dragons. And that would be a big, you know, see you later, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. That's a bigger big three. How the turntables. Really, that's a bigger big Mm -hmm. three. Now it's just an Unsullied army and a Dothraki horde that's living in a place that they don't want to live in. So if if they want to explore that angle again, we've only got five episodes left, which makes me very very sad. But if they wanted to explore uh, explore that angle, that would be interesting as well. The mm-hmm. dynamic of like things are slowly, very ever so slowly, starting to crumble around Daenerys, and really at no fault besides of where she is from a geography standpoint. 
All right. Um, to because we're we're starting to run out of time, but yeah. I do want to trivia question for you. What's the dude's name who's in charge of the Night's Watch? Is that Grin? Yeah, Grim. Is that is that his actual? I like him though. He's a pretty cool dude. They bump into Tormund and Barrick and Co. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I thought that those dudes were all just going to get murdered. <laughs> I was like, all right, this is going to be our like death. Of, yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be goodbye, Tormund. Goodbye, yeah. uh, uh, Sir. What? Uh, Don Don Darion. Yep. And goodbye, Grin. Like, mm-hmm. see y'all later. Especially. Also, is that like the rest of the Night's Watch is who Grin is chilling with? I guess. I mean, I knew they were their numbers were low, um, but didn't know that low. Um, that we, we've got the symbols back. The spiral, the seven-pointed spiral. Yeah. Which I just want to know what it means before it's all said and done. Well, I'm sure we probably will. I don't, I don't need like a full backstory on the Night King, but I would just like to know what the symbols mean um, because that one was back. Uh, the little Ned Umber starts screaming. I thought he was setting off an alarm and they were just going to descend upon that's what the I, place. That's what and, I thought. Yeah. yeah. I thought so too. Uh, and also he like screamed way too long after getting killed. Yeah. Like he like, like you're getting, getting burned. burned like, like you should like there's other ones that get burned instantly and, and just shut done. up. Yeah. yeah. And this guy is little Ned's a screamer. Ned had a rough little Ned Umber had a rough go. Yeah. Of, uh, Ned just Ned's all around in Game of Thrones don't work out too. Yeah. Well. Do not name your son Ned. Mm-hmm. Bad omens, bad omens. Um, so I, I, I wanted to ask you another question too. Oh, can I, one more thing about the sig- like the the signals. Okay. One thing I don't really love about this is that like I'm sure we're gonna find out what they mean, and I bet it's probably something under the crypts of like Winterfell. There'll be like some sort of contraption that is like a spiral, or there's gonna be something. And that's what I'm not gonna like about this is because if you're gonna have these symbols literally go from episode one, season one, and work your way up, like let maybe the smartest of the smart fans see if they can figure it out being like, Oh, like let it be a map or let it be something that like has been, has been there the entire time, but we just couldn't put it all together. Right. And I don't feel like it's going to be like that. I feel like it's going to be something they're going to discover upon to us mm -hmm. and be like, Oh, that's what they were talking about. It was underneath the crypts. Yeah. Like some Reddit user isn't going to be the one that figures it out. Like they've made it impossible to, exactly. Cause they haven't even introduced exactly what it is besides just like weird shapes. I have a feeling that's what it's going to be. But uh, they usually do a pretty good job of being like, hey, if you follow along, mm-hmm. you're going to get what we're throwing down. Uh, I, I'm ex- I'm ex- I want to – I want to – all I cared about, I said this last week, was I just want to be able to know the motive. of Because I don't like the idea that it's just like this evil army coming out of nowhere for no reason besides they're bored. There's a motive, and I there better be a motive, and I want to know what it is. I do think with them leaving another message behind – Killing a child just like they did in episode one, season one, pinning them up against the tree. Mm-hmm. I want to find out. Wh- I want to find out why they're doing what they're doing, and I think we're getting a little closer. We're to figuring getting that out. much, much closer. Um, before we wrap up, best one-liner of the show. Okay, multiple choice. Sansa talking about Joffrey's wedding. He's like, oh, it had its good moments. Yeah, that was great. Um, My Tyr- girl. Tyrion's ball joke. Ty- yeah, eh, it was you know whatever. Um, the dragon. To John, whenever John's making out with Daenerys, and he's just like that, that was mean also mugging so him. cheesy. Like, is that supposed to be like the pissed off dad being like, "Oh, get my daughter home"? Like, you're a dragon. Now, you know, I get that scene. They did it. It was cheesy. I at least understand why they did it because they wanted to show their love. You don't have to have the dragon like looking at its watch, being like, "All right, you have her home by nine thirty. Her home. Stop. <laughs> you know, stop porking her." Um, the the I think this one's the best one by far. When uh. 
John made the remark about a knife to the heart. He's like, yeah, well, it didn't kill you. Well, it did kill me. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty good one, even though I, I kind of butchered it right there. Or just Brand stared down on Jamie. The Brand Jamie stare down was great, but I, I, I let me ask you, what do you think? Like, we'll get that in the next episode. What mm-hmm. do you think is going to be said? Or can I just say first off that uh, the person who put the curb your enthusiasm at the end of it <laughs> much better than the heart, even the hard home one. Yeah. Um, secondly. I completely forgot the whole like the whole time we were thinking about the Brand Jamie dynamic. I forgot about the she, he's the Kingslayer. He murdered Daenerys' dad. I just that that did just completely gloss over me the entire time until they showed like scenes from next week and he's like, "You murdered my father." Yeah, I get that like Daenerys wouldn't love Jamie because she killed his father, but Daenerys is very on board about how shitty of a king her dad was. Yeah. I mean, you know, burning to They like, mentioned it, I think, in the last episode. Too. Yeah, and yeah, she like, doesn't. And she'll and she like knows how horrible he was. I just don't think she would be like, like somebody had to kill them or all of King's Landing was gonna blow up and she knows that. Mm-hmm. I think she'd be a little bit more understanding. I know she would dislike Jamie probably for a lot of reasons, but I don't think that's going to be like a huge riff. Like, oh, no, you killed my dad who was literally psychotic. The thing is, is they're more um, – r- right now, They're I feel like they're being less open to like, oh, we just got a really good general from the other side to turn. Like, I think that would be a much better way to see Jamie's move instead of a bad thing. Can we trust this guy? Yes, you, I'm there you, with you. You gotta like distrust a turncoat, but at the same time, like, come on, dude. But going back to Bran and and Jamie, you know it's gonna be like Bran being like, "There's nothing to forgive. Bran's not here. Mm, like, yeah. you turned me into what I am. I should thank you. Yeah, like, it's, he's gonna it's, thank him. Yeah, yeah, it's not gonna be like what? What if Bran's just like finally like, you know what? I'm sick of playing Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> screw you. Screw you, Jamie. Get the hell out of here. I saw how small your little wiener is. <laughs> also, Jamie. Uh, like, of course, he's going to be like monotone about it. And he'll be like, yeah. I'm not the. I'm what if he just made fun of his hair? He's like, not so blonde and young anymore, yeah. are you? Yeah. Getting a little gray up there? Yeah. I saw your for hymns on the way in. Yeah, leave that just for men at home, buddy. Yeah. Forget that in King's Landing. Which brings us to our next sponsor. No. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this has been a lot of fun. The goal. Each week is to get you all a podcast for lunchtime. A little late today. Um, for uh, we, we got booted out of our studio. But things are coming together. We hope you all have enjoyed it. And, oh, the smoke? Is, this, is there dragons coming? I think there's dragons coming. Oh, man, this is getting good. Well, a big... <laughs> TJ. <laughs> it's like you're hiding behind the smoke in the midst of the fog. You you can't handle the atmosphere that is our Game of Thrones podcast. That's right why I, I didn't show up last night. That's why I stood you up. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, we got five left. We've got five left. Guys and girls, this is going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but I think we can survive. I'm I'm confident that we will survive. We will be thriving here on Kentucky Thrones Radio. A big thanks to our friends at Brownfield Defer Law Firm, Dan and Wolf, tell you, give them a shout at 502-458-5222 or visit them at bdlawky.com. And a big thanks to you all for listening. We're, we're going to get through this together. We're going to enjoy it. Just six more days till the next one. Enjoy. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>